Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tom Compton with We Hold These Truths. Tonight, we're going to be talking with Chuck Carlson, the founder of We Hold These Truths. Chuck uh, also was a, a stockbroker, so he has some very uh, good insights into financial matters. And during this uh, time of that we're seeing uh, all kinds of crazy things going on, in addition to the the uh, epidemic that we're seeing. So uh, we we want to talk about the one of the topics that we uh, we have harped on. I guess you might say war. Is there a trigger for war with what's going on, Chuck? Uh, all and uh, I'm happy to be here to talk about our paper, uh, which was called. Uh, COVID-19 trigger for World War III. It's on, the, it's on the website and you can look at it. And we'll be writing more about this. But before we begin, I'd like to ask Craig Hansen to uh, come in and uh, lead us in a prayer. Craig. All right, thank you, thank you Chuck. Uh, let's, let's pray together to dedicate this uh, hour to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you most of all for your son, Jesus Christ, that we, we celebrated his death, burial, and resurrection this uh, last week. And just uh, thinking about sacrifice you made on our behalf because you love us so much. Our words and that we might reflect you as the Prince of Peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Thank you, Craig. And indeed, uh, we need to have Jesus in the middle of this discussion because we heard some talking about some things that are beyond our control, above our heads, and even all, almost above our understanding. Uh, but tonight we're going to be speaking about uh, the COVID-19 um, virus uh, and the effect of it in terms of where it's taking us not what's happened already, not what we've been through in the last three months, not how miserable it is or what we think of the politicians who've uh, put us here, but uh, where it's leading us, what, what, what's going to happen in the future to us as a result of uh, what, we're, uh, what we're being treated to now uh, as we stay home and, uh, uh, and uh, change our lives and, of course, as finances are being are crippling for uh, a lot of the people, uh, a lot of our friends and associates. Um, the uh, hidden agenda of uh, COVID-19 and this whole movement of, uh, uh, of the virus movement, um, we see this as leading to world war, a, a big war. Uh, we call it World War II, uh, three. That that's probably uh, not quite the kind of uh, 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 kind of war we would expect. But uh, uh, we're thinking about something that's pretty large, and uh, that's what uh, this notion of, is all about. Now, uh, what we have said in our paper is that uh, a war, a huge war is becoming a financial necessity uh, for those who are in control of our country behind the scenes. 
the guys who really run things and make the decisions, the guys who decide who our candidates are in these elections and they see to it that they have enormous financing, as is happening right now. I get a tweet from Donald Trump every week asking me for more money. Uh, and that's been going on since the very week he got elected. It's never stopped. Um, so we're we have uh, we have this uh, financial thing that's going on, uh, and uh, our question, of course, uh, is the that, that our our contemporaries and our friends are talking about about the COVID virus is is this a contrived or a natural occurrence? And uh, they they are spending uh, all of their time trying to figure that out. Um, in our case, uh, we hold these truths case, we don't want to be trapped there into arguing about that right now because it's not something we can prove one way or the other, but we can clearly see something coming out of it, whoever caused it and for whatever reason, that uh, we need to oppose and we need to try to, uh, uh, try to eliminate. And that uh, is a contrivance that we would uh, say would result in inevitably in war. Now, war is not a natural occurrence. Uh, COVID-19 may be, may not be, but war is not a natural occurrence. It's a manipulated event. All of them are, without exception. Uh, day 9-11, of course, goes back 20 years or more. We're still fighting a war that was triggered uh, by the uh, by the actions of our leaders in uh, blaming that war on first Saudi Arabia and then finally uh, on uh, Afghanistan. And so there we still remain. We're still in Afghanistan fighting, spending money and killing people. Uh, so wars are, events are used to contrive war. And uh, this is what's happening, we think, at least Chuck Carlson thinks today, we believe that we are seeing either a contrived event uh, in this uh, epidemic that we are suffering, or else we're seeing a natural event uh, or an accident of some kind. But in either case, it's opportunistically being used to point us uh, into the direction of war. Why war? Why do we need war out of, uh, out of uh, what's going on today? Well. Uh, we have been for a long time in a crippling deficit spending mode. It's been going on ever since 2011 or 2008, uh, since the last financial crash. Uh, it has never stopped. It has been a flood of new money pumped into the market. And the, the people that do this know very well what they're doing. Uh, we talk about them as being as part of the Federal Reserve System, uh, as being uh, mysterious people behind the scenes, but uh, uh, and, 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 and libraries have been written about this. But uh, the fact is that uh, this power does go on and it does control whether and when we get into wars with others. And uh, the wars are often contrived. Uh, so that's what we seem to have here. We seem to have a, uh, an amazing contrivance going on pointing us in that direction. Now, the reason for it, everyone would ask, what is the reason why our leaders would want war? And the reason is financial or fiscal. In other words, uh, we have spent ourselves or we have been spent 
into a situation where uh, our money is, is being threatened uh, as becoming highly inflated. inflated. Uh, there's simply the volume of money that has been poured into uh, the events of the past is unsustainable. And so we would, we would expect there to have to be a leveling out or a, a recovery from this massive spending. Uh, the uh, COVID-19 has brought on an excuse or a reason, whichever way you want to look at it, for literally trillions of dollars to be pumped into the economy all at one time. Trillions of dollars. Some 15 or 20 years ago, I remember clearly a campaign by certain conservative groups um, that uh, objected to this uh, massive spending. Their cry was no trillion dollar national debt. Do you, anybody remember that? Uh, no trillion dollar, they were talking about $1 trillion. At that time, the US debt was in the hundreds of billions of dollars, but it never had been to a trillion dollars. Today we have a, a federal debt of at least $25 trillion. And in our one of the recent congressional meetings, uh, we were told by the press that Congress has now approved the spending of three plus trillion dollars on the COVID problem. And this is basically being poured into the company, into the, into the economy through individuals and through corporations. We're gonna see a lot more of this. Uh, others have said that the figure will eventually run to six or $8 trillion. This is unimaginable. And of course, the resources of our country can't stand that much money without massive inflation going on. So it's inevitable, uh, just like if you get the flu, it's inevitable that you will get sick, that uh, to some degree at least, that uh, we're going to have inflation, as massive inflation as a result of this. The answer to uh, problems of this kind, too much money in the system, has always uh, been something politicians have, have, have argued and debated over, but the most common, uh, the most common uh, anecdote, to, anecdote to massive money inflation has always been find a war and get in it. Why wars? Because as we explain in our paper, uh, the uh, COVID-19 trigger for World War III, why, why is it uh, that uh, this, this happens? It's because uh, the money can be poured into a war effort uh, for purposes that don't really interfere with our economy. In other words, we dump the money into uh, into a gr meat grinder of materials and uh, and um, uh, uh, co cost costly items such as food and other things. We we pour money into these and into something that's destroyed, such as military equipment. Uh, the uh, result of this is a stabilized or improved economy, and it also has the results that our leaders can take enormous. Uh, strength and power away from us when they have an emergency that requires national defense. Uh, and they do. In every war, we, of course, lose some of our rights. And so there are factions and powers out there that we've always known about that simply work for and can't campaign for war all the time. 
Now, we've talked here about the money that's uh, being poured into it. I want to, I don't want to exaggerate this issue, but uh, just to give you an example of something brand new that uh, we've never seen before, uh, we now have a new program that the Federal Reserve sponsors and, and sells every week. Uh, and uh, that's called the reverse repo movement. What Congress does here, or what the uh, Federal Reserve System, pardon me, it's the Federal Reserve System that does this, in case I said otherwise. But what happens here is the, is the Federal Reserve System uh, prints essentially money. Uh, they, they go out in, and, and here's, here's how they do it. Uh, they go out into the market where the dollars have been held by other countries and huge banks and individuals and are invested in short-term government bonds. The Federal Reserve goes out and they simply print dollars to buy these securities in the open marketplace from say France, Germany, China, and Japan are big holders. Uh, and so they, they simply give them money. Now, what do the foreign countries buy want the money for? Well, generally they're buying long-term United States government bonds. So what's happening is we're buying back or they're loaning back to the Federal Reserve trillions of dollars and they're taking that money and uh, the Federal Reserve hopes that they will invest it in long-term treasury bonds. And then the Federal Reserve goes out and each week they buy more of this paper outstanding. And they do that to pump dollars into the system so they can sell more longer-term bonds to the same buyers. That is Japan, China, and the other countries that have surplus dollars. But the dollars are short in the world supply, so they provide the dollars needed by uh, the other side to buy our bonds. Uh, and th believe it or not, in the last month, $4 trillion have been poured into foreign economies by this means called the, repo, uh, the reverse repo movement. I receive a notice every week from the Federal Reserve telling me how much has been spent during the period of the month that we're in. And the period of month, the, the, uh, the, the uh, 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 April and May of this year, uh, 30 days in April and May, the number that, that the Federal Reserve has advertised that they're going to spend buying these bonds that we have issued, our own bonds back from others, is $4 trillion. Four tri that's $4 trillion. So, uh, we, we, when we hear someone like Ron Paul saying the eventual result of this uh, uh, war on uh, war on AVID-19 uh, is COVID-19, pardon me, ladies and gentlemen, COVID-19, the war on COVID-19, Ron Paul says it's going to cost more like $8 trillion. Well, uh, the Treasury is uh, every month, uh, the Federal Reserve is uh, pumping out uh, four, uh, somewhere up to $4 trillion in this re repo buyback. So what I'm trying to explain is the amount of money that is being poured, pumped into the international economy uh, in, in order to uh, keep uh, business conditions flowing. 
uh, to keep the foreign companies buying you know, big American bonds is unimaginable. And eventually this has to be milked out and has to be, uh, has to be paid, these have to be paid off or defaulted upon. And the easy answer to all this is always find a big war. Uh, this is the reason we are expressing our concern about, number one, we're very concerned about not getting involved in the big argument about why, uh, why uh, COVID-19 uh, has, uh, who has sponsored COVID-19. People are making good arguments that it could have been an intentionally uh, sponsored disease. Others are saying it was an international accident. We're trying to stay out of that market because what we're concerned about is this ultimately planned, we think clearly planned effort to uh, inundate us in dollars, deflate our currency, and then try to get rid of the money by uh, instigating some kind of an international event, which we call wars. Now, uh, if we were to have, uh, we're gonna open this for questions and discussion in just uh, a couple of minutes, but if we were to have a war, uh, who could we fight against who would be able to give us a good tussle? Who's big enough to take on the United States? And where would a war, where could we have a war that would be big enough so that we could literally spend trillions of dollars fighting it? Well, we've battled in the Middle East and the net result of that has been an effort to strangle the oil supply. And yet the oil supply is so great that the price of oil has gone down to around $15 or $20 a barrel from $150 a barrel uh, about four years ago. Uh, the uh, decline in oil prices is a result of too much oil. And the wars in the Middle East have been largely efforts to choke off the enormous oil supply coming out of the Middle East. Um, the question is, is there anybody left to fight in the Middle East? Have we not destroyed anybody big enough to fight back in the Middle East? And uh, Chuck Carlson would say, yes, we have. Uh, Iran is simply not big and powerful enough to make a real legitimate war. We've already spent trillions of dollars surrounding Iran with literally dozens of military bases that we have staffed with all kinds of military personnel. And we also already have the ability uh, to destroy every living creature in Iran, probably just with the military we've already spent there. So I'm guessing, I'm suggesting that we're gonna have to find somebody bigger. And the two best candidates are of course, China and Russia. Whether or not this will happen or not, we don't know. But we are gonna continue to point out the possibility because we see constant efforts to stir up problems. Now, in closing my comments here, we ask the question, uh, we must, and we make the statement, we must be the peacemakers. Uh, we, uh, we must bring the, the issue of peace to America's churches, to the people who have the ability uh, to act as a group. Uh, and of course, we all know our churches don't act as perfect groups, they're much divided, but they are educational organizations that can get together on issues and can educate each other. 
This is why We Hold These Truths has, has always taken a position that we need to work within churches. Uh, we uh, believe that, I believe that uh, we're going to have to uh, be peacemakers as Jesus was a peacemaker. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers, said Jesus. We're going to have to take that posture and that position. We're going to have to find churches who are not tied up with and hung up on the issue of who they're for and who they're against in the Middle East. Uh, there's a huge prejudice about who who is who are the good guys in the Middle East and who are the bad guys. And some churches are very much wrapped up in this. Others are not. We're going we're to continue to single out the churches who are not hung up on a notion that, uh, that there's a good guy and a bad guy in the Middle East. Um, we're also going to talk about, try to talk to churches that um, tend to uh, be free about taking action and are not uh, uh, convinced that they're going to be raptured next week and that they don't need to take any action. So we have our own ideas about which churches should be helping us. Again, we can't forecast who's going to help us, but this is the effort we hold these truths uh, is focusing on. And uh, we're going to start a program very soon to reach out to mainline or traditional Christian churches. And we're going to include in that Roman Catholics because they're the largest group by far in the area of traditional uh, church membership in the United States. So this is my summary of uh, COVID-19 trigger for World War III. Uh, we're going to be uh, adding to it. We're going to have a edition number two. Uh, but for now, uh, we'll leave, leave it right there, and uh, we'll open this to discussion. Uh, guys, uh, Craig Hansen, uh, who gave our prayer, uh, I guess maybe, uh, are you first? Uh, Tom Compton is here with our, uh, is, is here with us. So let's let's talk about it. Um, unfortunately, we don't have a studio audience that we can call on tonight, but uh, let's see what you guys think and throw your two cents worth in and ask questions or make statements. It's in your court. Okay, I'll, I'll jump in there first, Chuck. Um, I, I thoroughly agree with you that the, uh, the drum, the, the, the war drums are starting to be beat uh, right now. Uh, and this, the sad part, uh, it's coming uh, a lot from the right. I haven't I haven't heard any anybody from the left uh, beating beating the drum ship, but may, maybe there is. Uh, I want to point out uh, a, a senator, U.S. senator named uh, Steve Daines. Uh, he's from uh, Montana, and uh, he's he's pushing for a punitive. Uh, let's see if I can get the quote here. Uh, Montana Republican Senator Steve Daines, in a letter to Senator Mike Pompeo, pushed for a co coordinated international investigation of China's apparent systematic cover-up of COVID-19, writing it's important to consider, quote, appropriate punitive action necessary to hold China accountable. So that's 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 one of them. Uh, uh, some, something I never heard of, it's called the uh, Magnitsky Act. I don't know if you ever heard of the Magnitsky Act. No. It, has to, it came out in, uh, in 2012, supposedly to punish uh, a U.S. authorizes the U.S. government to sanction those it sees as human rights offenders and freeze their assets and ban them from entering the United States. Well, uh, Chris Smith, who uh, he is, let's see, where is he from? Uh, he's, he wants to uh, 
uh, use this Magnitsky Act to uh, come after China uh, economically uh, and, and go that way. Interesting today, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Mike Pompeo uh, gave a speech and uh, to a State Department speech. And it was it was really interesting because he's, he's telling the Chinese, you know, you really needed to be more careful because he's, he's putting the, the blame. You know, I know you don't want to say where it came from, but our government is definitely pushing that way that they're, they, China is at fault uh, for this. And Pompeo was saying that today, you know, and that we need to be more careful. And what I thought was really interesting in his speech uh, today, his press briefing, he, he uh, talked about our safety with our nuclear weapons. Why, why would you transition from talking about viral safety and viral uh, uh, safety and, and just uh, in, inspection and uh, that kind of thing and, and switch it over to nuclear, our nuclear power, how we're, we're more, you have to be safe and so forth. To me, there was uh, this quite a, uh, a, a tie there between the virus and nuclear, uh, whether it was intentional, whether it was subtle or what. But it's again, it's 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 this it's building up. Uh, I look to see how much uh, our national debt does China hold, and I was surprised it wasn't as much as I thought it was. Uh, I, what I came up with was 1.2 trillion dollars is what the uh, U.S. debt that China holds. I mean, we're we're blown through that, like you said, Chuck, in a, in just a few weeks with the, with this with the stimulus. So uh, yes, I see the the drum beat for war. Uh, Build it, building up, and China seems to be the logical uh, uh, candidate here. So uh, it's it's sad to me that we're seeing these politicians, uh, and and also <laughs> not not just the politicians, uh, the Christian evangelicals are jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, Gary Bauer, uh, Tony Perkins, uh, let's see who else did I, I have? Uh, they're 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 calling they're calling for retribution or at least. Uh, you know, China's got to pay. China's got to pay. Well, how are they going to pay? You know, how we got in the problem with China in the first place is through all the, the administrations of Clinton and Bush and Obama and all those guys that took all our, our factories, moved them over to China, built up their economy and put ours in, in the in the in the sewer. So there, there's a lot going on there. Uh, so um, I don't know. How, how does this thing play out, Chuck? With fiat currency, how, how far can this go? I mean, at one point you get to the Weimar Republic where you're taking your dollars uh, to the supermarket and wheelbarrows to buy a loaf of bread. And we're almost there now, except that it's not. It's just going to be your credit card that has a bunch of zeros uh, in it. Where do, where do we go from here? Uh, well, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a very good point that war tends to give politicians the excuse they need mm -hmm. to tear up the former currency and issue a new one. Uh, what, how, how can you stop them when they say we're in a mortal war with XYZ country and, uh, and we're at danger and they have nuclear weapons and they're capable of hitting us and they started it, we didn't start it, they started it, we're just reacting. Right, of course. And, uh, then they come along and they say this has cost so much that we need to exchange the dollar for a new dollar mm -hmm. or the dollar for a new currency. Uh, they wipe clean the slate. And the pro only problem is that the cost of everything becomes five or 10 or 100 times more than it used to be. Price of oil might be $150 a barrel again. Price of gasoline might be $10 a gallon at the pump. 
Uh, these are the results of war, and war is not the war is not the thing that prints the money. War is not the movement that makes things cost more. It's the excuse. It's the excuse that politicians have by threatening us and saying, "Oh, you're going to get COVID nineteen if you don't wear if you don't wear a mask." What difference is that from saying, "Oh, if we don't fight this war, uh, we're going to have uh, Chinese, Japanese." or Russians on our territory. And uh, as a result of that, you've got, uh, what, 100 million Americans wearing face masks right now. Uh, how, how much difference is that from, how much difference is that from telling us that our money's no good, we're gonna have to have, have a new currency because of the war we're having with Russia. Um, the other reason for taking seriously the idea that it could be China is you have a vast country uh, really vast. You have in China and Russia, you have the two biggest land masses in the world, um, except maybe uh, what Antarctica or something like that. Uh, but uh, you can, you can, they can swallow up. You can pour a lot of bombs on a country as big as China. You can shoot a lot of missiles into it. You can kill a lot of people. The kind of people that are behind these kind of movements don't care how many Chinese they kill. They don't care how many. Russians they kill. All they care about is the result. They know that they have created a situation where our money is nearly worthless and we don't know it yet. But they know it. They know it's worthless. And that's why they're pouring, uh, pouring uh, the bonds out as fast as they can sell them to bring in more. They're basically propping up the old currency with new currency they're creating. And our reports and studies we've done on the Federal Reserve explain very clearly how this has been done. And we recommend many books that explain it too. Uh, bundling it up, it's financial, Craig. It comes down to, uh, it comes down to the, the big money powers and how they're trying to keep, stay in power. We are a stop against this only by talking to our friends in the churches explaining it to them and pointing out that they need to follow Jesus' admonitions and be peacemakers and object to everybody who's not. Uh, so uh, that, uh, I'm, I'm repeating myself, am I not? Sorry, Tom, do you have anything to say? Yeah, uh, thanks, Chuck. I think you really, uh, from the standpoint of focusing on the financial aspect of it, we are being uh, diverted to constantly with this COVID-19 and, uh, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve that we've talked about so many for years now and that you've been uh, speaking out against for 40 years, I would guess now. Uh, <laughs> Careful now. <laughs> Give me away. Well, you're only, I mean, you're only, what, uh, 59, Chuck, so you started <laughs> with uh, But, uh, you know, it was started in 1913 and um, I did. <laughs> one of the mechanisms is for its existence is to finance these wars. And Americans have really forgotten their history. And uh, I was reminded this week, uh, back in 1918, when World War I was going on and the United States entered, there was a pandemic of, of huge proportions. It was called the Spanish flu. And over 50 million people died because of that. It was called the Spanish flu because the 
the warring parties, America, France, England, Germany, didn't talk about it. And so Spain was not in the war at the time. And so their press was talking about that. But the truth is, it's pretty well documented that it originated in the United States in Kansas. And uh, one of the largest uh, military army bases was in Kansas. And uh, there were like 50,000 men there. Well, they got sent over when Wilson got uh, hoodwinked into uh, going into World War I. And it spread over there. Troops coming back. Uh, there, there was a new strain, and it resulted, like I said, 50 million people died. And this was an interesting uh, fact, is that there were more Americans dying from this flu, which should be correctly called the Wilson flu instead of the, the Wilson influenza, instead of the Spanish influenza. There were 50,000 that were killed in battle. So uh, the consequences of, of these actions, uh, war causes all kinds of, of, um, uh, of uh, consequences. And we look at the wars that continued afterwards and we're seeing the same thing now. We love war in the United States. We've got the war on drugs and war on poverty and uh, the war against uh, terror. And so it's just, uh, uh, Americans have been conditioned to accept this. And sadly, we've seen this from our evangelical Christian um, brothers and sisters in Christ that go along with these wars. They literally uh, have been conditioned to the point where uh, the religion of patriotism slash nationalism seems to have um, stepped uh, over the teaching of what Jesus has taught us. So I think focusing on these financial things is very key to people understanding what's going on here. Thank you very much, Tom. Well said. And uh, Craig, um, we're, we're up against our time limit here. Do you want to uh, do, do a final thought? And then it, could you close us in a brief prayer? We would appreciate that. We've always fit in, we've always fit in a prayer. Craig, are you there? Okay. We've um, lost it. It sounds like we've lost the connection with Craig. Lots of connection. Anyway, um, Lord, we thank you for this time together with these two good men. And they're good thoughts, good ideas, and, and sensible students. Uh, we, we thank you for that, Lord, that you've gifted us with the uh, people we need to do things. We pray for our mission, that you'll guide us in every step we take, that you'll, that you'll shelter us from our own errors and mistakes that are so common right now during this time where people are, are making all these mistakes about uh, uh, how they view things. We, Lord, we we know that we all need your guidance. We know that your church is out there. In some cases, your church is strayed. We pray that we would help to bring the church together in, in our actions. Uh, and we pray for your mighty hand over us. And we uh, thank you for Jesus' presence in our lives and in our work. 
Uh, thank you, Lord, in his name. Amen.